0: So grateful that you're here. Now, we're going to take a moment because we're going to talk about some serious stuff today. We're going to talk about forgiving those who have wounded you the most. Being free of the bitterness that grabs a hold of your heart. Letting go some of the wounds that for some of us have been decades decades we've been in the series called improving your love life and we're going to talk about how love performs through forgiveness but it's going to take more than I have to offer and it's going to take more than you have to receive so we're going to take a moment here two minutes of silence waiting on the Lord asking God to help us ready ourselves to forgive because maybe we don't want to, or maybe we're not ready to, or maybe we're still angry. Let's look at the screen. On the screen, we're going to pray a prayer to God. And before we get into our uh, time of meditation, I have to explain to you what meditation is not. Meditation is not an emptying your mind of everything. Rather, for the Christian, meditation is filling your mind With the truth. You go, what do you mean the truth? Well, it's the truth of God's word. The truth of what he's done. The truth of who he is. The truth of who we are in Christ. And so we're going to sit in silence. Meditate on the Lord. So let me give you a few suggestions. The first is that I would recommend that you sit up. Why? Because we're attentive to God. We're attentive. We want to receive from God. We're not lazy about it. We're attentive to God. Secondly, I I, I suggest that you put your feet flat on the floor. And the reason we put our feet flat on the floor is because we are not in the shame and the guilt or even the successes of yesterday. Nor are we in the fears or the anxiety or even the hopes of tomorrow. We are right here right now where our feet are. Put your feet flat on the floor. We're in this present moment. And then. I suggest you put your hands, palms facing up on your lap. It reminds me that my whole life belongs to God and that he can put into my life whatever he wants. Relationships, finances, health. And that also he can take out of my life whatever he wants. Relationships, finances, health. So... Let's pray this together and then we'll sit for two minutes of silence. For some of you, it'll feel like an eternity. For others of you, it'll be just what the doctor ordered. No matter what, let's just be silent before the Lord. No moving around, no bathroom time, just silent before the Lord in meditation. Let's pray this together. One, two, three. He came below to raise me above, was born like me that I might become like him. This is love. When I cannot rise to him, he draws near on wings of grace to raise me to himself. This is power. When deity and humanity were infinitely apart, he united them in indestructible unity, the uncreated and the created. This is wisdom. When I was undone with no will to return to him and no intellect to devise recovery, he came, God incarnate, to save me to the uttermost. As man to die my death, to shed satisfying blood on my behalf, to work out a perfect righteousness for me. Our two minutes of meditation begins now. So Lord, we're talking about big stuff. I ask, Lord, that you would move and minister into our hearts. Help us to receive what you are trying to give. And Lord, I pray for the person who speaks, that you would forgive his sins, for they are many, and that we would see Jesus and him only. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of you would say, you know, I hear your story about your son and his bookmark, and sure, but the things that have been done to me, the harms that have happened to me, are far greater than a bookmark are far greater than a little uh, name calling from a kid in a class. They are great indeed. Maybe, Maybe you're like me. Maybe when you were a kid, an adult came to your room, locked the door, and horrible things happened that day. Like soul scarring, sexual orientation doubting, things. Maybe you're like me, and you walk around with those harms and hurts, and you deal with those emotions, and you don't know how forgiveness is even possible. I don't know if you gave all of your confidence to a spouse that broke that confidence, if you experienced something tragic as a child, I don't know if someone right now is harming you. What I do know is that God wants to meet us in love and that every one of us, no matter whether we're a Christian or not, will be harmed, will be hurt. Every one of us. And we're going to have to deal with this issue of forgiveness. We've been in the series on love. And last week, we went over, love is patient, love is kind. Does anybody remember? Love keeps no record of wrongs. Which is the exact opposite of what our culture tells us. I can forgive, but I can't forget. Which is to say, I don't forgive. Because it's still controlling you. It still has a hold of your life. And I'm not making fun. Me too. Just this week, this week, I found myself driving in a car, screaming. I'm not kidding. Screaming at the top of my lungs because someone was getting the best of me. And they didn't have any repentance. And they didn't have any guilt or shame associated to it. They were gladly harming me and they were winning. I was just so angry. And I got to the point where I just almost felt like I was angry at God for letting it happen. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So what do we do? What do we do when the people that we trust Break our trust. What do we do when those who are supposed to protect us harm us? What do we do when the very people who are supposed to be for us are against us? What do we do? What do we do? God knows that we're going to struggle with that. God knows that you're wrestling with that. God knows that even as I'm speaking to you now, some of you are thinking of something that happened to you decades ago. We're all gonna have to go through this. What do we do? Well, we have two choices. Two choices. When people harm you, you have two choices. One is you can become bitter. And many of us are very good at that. And if you're not sure if you're very good at that, just ask the closest people around you. And if you don't have any close people around you, there's your answer. (laughs) We can become bitter. We can become bitter. Shut ourselves off to the rest of the world, say, I'll never let anyone into my heart again. We can become bitter. Or, through the power of God, His Holy Spirit, and His Word, we can become better. Choose you today which one you want to see for yourself. Do you want to become bitter? Or do you want to become better? This message is for those who want to become better. God has not left us to our own devices when it comes to dealing with our bitterness, but in fact gives us so many scriptures that it's unbelievably hard to... Choose which one we were going to use today. Today, we're going to Romans because we're going to exegete that one line in 1 Corinthians 13. Love keeps no record of wrongs. So we're going to go to a parallel passage and and flesh out what that means for us. Now, you need this. Listen to me. Your marriage needs this. Your marriage needs this message. Some of us know exactly what I'm talking about. Your spouse is just angry. Some of us are just angry. Your marriage needs this message. If you're single, you need this message. You need to be able to address some of the bitterness so that you don't carry this suitcase of baggage, of hurt to someone else. We need this. Your friendships need this. Your workplace needs this or else they're going to get the negativity that you got swallowed up in in the last job. You need, we need what God has to say about this very issue. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 21 to explain what it means that love keeps no record of wrongs. Romans 12 uh, 14 through 21 reads. And would you stand with me at the reading of God's word? We stand because we remind ourselves that God is God's word is authoritative and we submit to it. Now, let me just say this before I go on. All, everything that we do here in this service is unbelievably thought out. We are not Meeting here, coming every Sunday. We are not meeting here every single Sunday. Listen to me. We're not meeting here because we're attending a service. We are not attending a service. God is constructing a soul. And we need the every Sunday reminder, every time. Oh, I need to stay in silence. Oh, this service is a microcosm of our lives walking with Christ there are moments where we need to study and hear God's word. And there are moments when we just need to confess because the shame is overwhelming us. And there are moments where we need to just testify and talk about God's goodness so that gratitude is built up in our hearts. And moments where we just need to sit silent because the whole world is going crazy. And there are moments where we just need to sing because God is that good. We need this service to remind us of what walking in Christ is like. We are not attending a service. We, God is constructing a soul. And so we stand because we are waiting to hear from the Lord. Romans chapter 12 verses 14 through 21 says this. Let's read this first line together. Can we read it together? Because it's like fluffy and easy. One, two, three. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Stop. I'm already intimidated. And if you're really, really walking in woundedness, you're angry. Would you just hear out the rest of the message? I know it feels glib now. Just give us some time. Because that's... No joke. That alone will knock you out. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This ends the reading of God's word. Please have a seat. Listen to me. That last line is so important. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. When it comes to being harmed and how you respond to those who are harming you, when we don't respond in love, evil wins. Evil is victorious. When you and I walk in the ways of the world and we're eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but you don't know what they did to me. And that's a valid excuse that we hear from four-year-olds and 40-year-olds and why they're treating their spouse that way or why they won't give back a bookmark to another child. There's a, a, a war going on and we need to, listen to me, we need to take a step back. We need to let love win. We need to let love win. Don't let evil win. In your life, man, I'm struggling. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I am not preaching this to you. I need this message. There are those who I'm so mad at, I don't even know what to do with myself. My wife asked me the other day, are you okay? And I could hardly contain myself. We don't want evil to win. We want to live in love. But remember. Remember what we said last week. Last week we said. Before love is something that we do. Like forgiveness. Before love is something that we do. Love is a person we meet. We must meet. Our savior. Our lord. Jesus. Who is himself. Love incarnate. So what do we do? What do we do? I'm going to give you an overarching theme and then I'm going to give you five ways to do that. How are we going to not keep a record of wrongs? We're going to do that by understanding this one big idea. Here's the big idea. Trust God with the hurts of my life. Oh, by the way, inside your bulletins this week, there was so much to share with you because we're talking about such a heavy topic. I put what we used to do all the time, but we don't much anymore. It's called a sermon map. If you go into your bulletin, there's actual notes. Would you go into your bulletin now? Go, go ahead. Go into your bulletin. There's notes in there where you can actually have blanks and fill it out. It's super convenient. You know why? Because you're going to need the <clears throat> You're going to need to remember this message over and over again. So you might as well put it on the fridge. If you need a pencil, does anybody need a pencil? Just go ahead um, to write something. Go ahead, put your hand up. And we got people walking around with pencils. Just keep your hand up so that they can um, share. I should have said that earlier. I'm sorry. Um, So uh, just keep your hand up. They're coming around. Um, Yeah, John, if there's another thing of pencils, go ahead and um, give them out. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep your hand up. He's coming. It's a good shoulder exercise. All right. Um, So listen to me. The first thing that we're going to need to do is we're going to need to trust God with the hurts of my life. Would you write that down in the blank space? The hurts of my life. Put that down. Trust God with the hurts of my life. This is so hard, especially if you've been harmed. This is so difficult. Romans 12 19. Do you see it? It's right there in the text that we just read. Romans 12:19 says this: Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Here's the problem with revenge. Here's the problem with paying back. Here's the problem with getting even. Here's the problem with with going back at someone if they've harmed you. The problem is, is that it leaves no room for God. It leaves no room for God's justice. It leaves, and I'm telling you, there are people here who've been harmed um, by people and and systems, and I mean, the, the ones that were supposed to protect did the harming, and it's just, it's very grievous, and it's very heavy. Beloved, When we take vengeance into our own hands, what we're literally doing is going, God, you're on the throne, but I need you to take a break. Your shift is over. I am going to, in fact, sit on your throne. I am going to take the authority from you because I know best what this person deserves. No, 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 no. Make room. Make room for God's wrath. You see, you never thought that God's wrath was good news until today. I'm telling you, God's wrath is good news. I know that those who are harming me are going to experience two things. Number one, they're going to experience the unbelievable forgiveness of Christ who forgave not only my sins but will forgive their sins or they will carry their punishment to the grave and be forever separated from God. But either way, Justice will be satisfied. God will win. The injustices that were done to me will not lay there. But I gotta trust God for that. You go, you don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand. It wasn't an adult just one day locking the door. It was an authority figure for years and years. You don't understand. Listen, listen. Trust. God with the hurts of our lives. That unless we do this, what we do is we come in the way. We make it impossible to live at peace. Then they get us, listen to this, they get us twice. They get us in the harm that they've done and they get us in the way that we uh, carry the pain With us. We're moving towards love. And that means trusting God. If we don't trust God with the hurts in our lives, then we're going to have to be judge, jury, and executioner. It's a miserable way to be. So, how do we do this? How do we trust God with the hurts in our lives? Here's the first way. First, and we see it right there in the text in verse 14. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Yeah, sure. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. If that means anything, It's almost exactly what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. He said, pray for those who persecute you. What bless means is to pray for them. It's very hard to grow in bitterness if you're growing in praying. Write this down. Pray for those who have harmed me. Write that word down, pray. Write that word down, harmed me. Pray for those who have harmed me. I remember there was this guy at my job. He wanted me fired and he was the nephew of the owner so he could actually do the thing and started to spread lies about me um, and say things and take credit for the things that I did. And so I was so angry with him. And I remember I um, called uh, I was I'm in a 12 step program. So I have a sponsor. And to this day, it's the same guy. And he said to me, he goes, I told him the story. And I said, you wouldn't believe this guy. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to like, hurt this kid and all this other stuff. He's trying to take food out of my kid's mouth and all that other stuff, and I started to say all that. He goes, Edwin, why don't you try, before you kill him, why don't you try praying for him? <laughs> I promise you I would have punched him if he, was, if he was in front of me. I was so offended by that idea. Pray for him. I want nothing good for him. Pray for him. I'll pray I don't break every bone in his body. But that's about as good as it gets with me. Pray for him. No, 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 no. I'm not going to pray for him. I'm going to, I'm going to pray on him. <laughs> Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. These two things. The Bible talks about how salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same stream. It's like it's either salt water or it's fresh water. And it's the same way with bitterness. It's like either a heart of prayer exists or a heart of bitterness exists. But both don't live together. uh, Bitterness and prayer are never roommates. One has to get evicted. And so we got to pray. We got to pray. Even, 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 listen to me. Even if it's like, it's like, God, I pray you bless this idiot. Like, even if it's that, you're on your way. You're going in the right direction. I don't want you to stay there. I'm just saying. few more steps, por favor, but you're on your way. It's the only thing that helps me not to go crazy when others are harming me and they're winning. I got to pray. I go, God, and, and, and what, do I, what do you pray for? You know, we were just joked around about the idiot piece, but well, I, I pray for blessings on them. And whatever I know about them. So I go, God, uh, I know about the person who's hurting me. I know about their finances, so I pray blessings on their finances. And I know that they... Um, They need to walk deeper with Christ. So I pray for that too. But you got to pray. If we're going to keep no records of wrongs, if we're going to actually be able to trust God with the hurts of our lives, we're going to have to pray for those who have harmed us. Secondly, I'm going to spend some time here, but we got to look at this. There's no time. Why? There's no time. If we all move to, if we all, yeah, you say take your time. Two hours from now, not so much. Right. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we all just act like we're in India, they let the pastor preach for like four hours in India. Are you down? Uh, Yeah, we got one guy. Yeah, not so much. Okay, I'll do this as quickly as I can. All right, number two. I want you to see it in verse 17. Do you see what it says there? In verse 17, it says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So here's what I want you to do. The second part is not only are we going to pray for those who have harmed me, but we're going to forgive those who have harmed me. Who have harmed you. Let's forgive them. You go, well, you're talking quite a bit here, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Again, we're talking about living a life of love. We're talking about living in Christ. Forgive those who've harmed me. Okay, I got three ways for you to practice forgiveness. Okay? I got three ways for you to practice forgiveness. Um, the first is you'll see a sub-point under that. It goes, number one, don't harm them directly. That's, that's how you start the process of forgiving. Don't harm them directly. You know what we call that? Revenge. Don't attack them, don't go after them, don't, don't do it listen to me before forgiveness is granted I'm, I'm sorry forgiveness is granted before it's felt do you understand what I'm saying you have to give some people go I can't, for, I can't forgive them I can't. No, 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 don't you see? Listen, 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 listen. You have to give the forgiveness before you can feel it. I don't feel any forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, you got the cart before the horse. You have to grant the forgiveness before you feel the forgiveness. Number one, don't harm. If we're going to forgive those who have harmed us, don't harm them directly. That's revenge. Secondly, don't cause them indirect harm. We call that gossip. So, you know what happens, right? Somebody harms me and I go within that social circle and I go, you know, I'm not going to say nothing, but boy, oof, pray for me. I'm dealing with, uh, you know, Susanna. And then everybody knows Susanna. It goes, really? What happened with Susanna? Well, you wouldn't believe Susanna, you know, stole all the jewelry from the house and ran away and, you know, you know, started a fire and, you know, and they're like, Oh, Susanna. They're like, whoa. It's easy, it's easy to say, oh, I'm not gonna harm them. I'm just gonna share, because I gotta let this out. I just gotta let it out. But what you're really doing, you're really doing is like indirectos, like indirect attacks, so that everybody thinks that the person is lousy. It's an indirect way of causing harm. The third, if we're going to forgive those who have harmed us, we're going to have to, listen to me, don't imagine harming them. We call that to fantasize. Now, this is important. With this one, you have to go back to the first thing that we just said about praying those. So what'll happen to me, I'll just tell you what happens to me. What happens to me is that I get a thought about how that person is harming me and how they're, you know, how they're winning and getting over on me. And I'm a sucker and all that stuff. And then as the wheels start going, it gets greater and greater and greater. I got to stop. I go, no, no, no. Stop. God. Bless them. This is an opportunity. Satan wants these uh, negative, violent fantasies in my mind so that I could get sicker. God wants it in my mind so that I could get into prayer. I gotta go, okay. God, now that they're in my, Lord, bless. Bless them. Bless their finances. Bless their family relationships. Bless them. Just praying for them. Thirdly, You see this in Romans 12, 18. Do you see it in your text? If at possible, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with them. As far as it depends on you. Be at peace with them. That means that if it's a a party and you see them, you're not talking bad about them. You and In fact, when you, come, when, you, when you start living the love of um, keeping no records of wrongs, what you discover is that when you see them, you don't, your stomach doesn't flip like it used to. Like you don't get sick like it used to. It happened to me, uh, I went to my home group. I was in my uh, home group uh, this Friday um, and a person who's been harming me uh, went uh, uh, there And uh, I laughed. I just laughed. It wasn't like I tried to laugh. I just broke out in laughter. I was like, fancy meeting you here. (laughs) And I just laughed. And I just, I didn't feel any, I I can't speak on their side. I don't know what they think about me. They think I'm whatever they think about me, but I just, I I was not, listen to me. I was not a prisoner to business, to bitterness i was captive to love and i was able to love and, and you know it's just like one time you know right like it does this rarely happens i'm just saying i'm just saying it's possible thirdly so all right you get it first let's read the first one together pray for the one two three pray for those who have harmed me this is how we're gonna trust god with our hurts Right, we're gonna pray for those who have harmed me. Secondly, we forgive those who have harmed me. Thirdly, be at peace with them. Fourthly, look at this give them what they need. This is where this is this is where it gets real, right? This is where we're talking about the real stuff, right? So, give them what they need. Here's don't you see that in verse 20? Do you see it in verse 20? Look at the text. Listen, nothing I'm telling you I'm inventing. This is all coming out of the scripture. I want you to look at the text. Check it out. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, let me explain that a little bit for all of us vindictive folks, right? Oh yeah, I'm gonna give him a plate of food. So, what happens? When the scriptures say, that they, well, that's heaping, uh, burning coals on the head. What the scriptures are talking about is it brings about a conviction in their lives. It convicts them. So when my son came over to me, it was so cool. Um, we, we broke him out of jail a little early. We got him out of school. Have your parents ever? My parents never got me out of, jail, uh, out of school early. And, and we broke him out of school on Friday and we said, we're going to go out and eat and shop and have fun. And it was great. But he came in and he said, I, I gave so-and-so the bookmarker. I was so proud of him. He said, how'd it go? I said, it went really well. I was like, oh, you're heaping coals on his head. That's beautiful. No, it's like a conviction. It's like, it's like, yo, what am I doing? The, the, the Proverbs 15, one says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Right. You see, that it's, it's that same principle. We are, it's, it's like, You know, someone, why why are you being so kind to me? Why are you being so loving to me? you, You heap coals on their head. So you meet them at the point of their need and you give them what they need because the scriptures are wiser than we are. And again, we're learning to live in love, and love keeps no records of wrongs. Fifthly, we give them what they need humbly. We not only give them what they need, we give them what they need humbly. Do you see that in verse 16? Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do it humbly. Now, this is important in marriage. Can I talk for a second about you, married folk? This is going to be fun. Okay, so in marriage, this is super-duper important because it's very easy to give a glass of water. It's very easy to give a plate of food, but it be like a slap to the face, right? None of the married, purposes, none of the married people even want to say anything at this point, right? It's just, But it's, it's very easy. It's very easy to give a ride to your wife on the way to work it's very easy to do it in a way that is evil and wicked and you should repent about. And it's very easy to give our husbands a plate of food in a way that makes them check for poison. <laughs> very easy, very easy. And so we not only give them what we need, they need, but we give them what they need humbly, with a broken heart, knowing that they need from us like we need from Christ, that there is no one that has harmed us that we haven't harmed Christ worse. But it all, how do you get the power to do this? How do you get the power to do this? Well, as I said before, it all depends on getting off the throne. See, because everyone wants to be the boss of their own lives. And God should be on the throne of our hearts. But we say, we go, God, it's all right. Shift over. Take a break. I'm going to handle this one. You can come back after this, but let me handle this. And you go, I know what I'm going to do in this person's life. It's terrible when you think like that. Anybody, anybody, don't raise your hand. Don't nudge your spouse or anything like that. But anybody ever been married to someone who you think is an enemy? Oh my, it's a horrible way. Horrible way to live. But you get on the throne of your heart. I know. You know why? Because you know better than God what they deserve. But you don't. See, the fact is, we need to sit in our chair <laughs> and this might feel uncomfortable because that means we have to trust and we go, no, no, no I'm more mature than this no, you're not no, 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 I'm wiser than this no, you're not no, 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 no I know I know what they, no, 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 sit, listen sit in the chair sit in your chair let God sit in his chair If you sit in your chair and you allow God to sit in his chair, what you will discover is that you will grow in trusting God with your hurts. What will happen? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a freer you? Can you imagine a more liberated you? Can you imagine not blaming your present husband for your ex boyfriend's crap? Could you imagine that? What life would be like? Could you imagine not accusing your wife about what your ex did? Could you imagine? Could you imagine what it would look like working at work with great vigor because nobody owes you anything? Jesus has paid it all. And you're not. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to stick it to them. I'm going to get them back because they don't treat me right. No, 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 no. I don't know what they deserve. I'm going to sit in my chair. I'm going to sit in my chair. This is the chair that the Lord has for me. And I can trust. I can trust that the one who's sitting in his chair. See, because here's the thing. None of us are without fault. There's nothing that anyone has ever done to you that you haven't done to Christ. Has someone lied to you that you trusted? Ever told Jesus stuff that wasn't untrue? That wasn't true? Anyone ever slander your name? Ever say anything about Jesus that wasn't true? You see, Jesus, how you do this is by coming back to the text. We come back to the text and it says, do not take revenge, my dear friends. But leave room for God's wrath. Where did God's wrath go? Anybody know? See, see, God paid for your sin on the cross. And the more we think of that, we go, wait, you mean what they did to me, I did to you? And what did you do in response to what I did to you? You bled and sacrificed yourself. Oh Lord! And what happens is that forgiveness starts to, over, you don't start giving forgiveness. It starts to overflow in your life onto others, but it doesn't happen automatically. We've got to pray for those who've harmed us. Forgive those who've harmed us. Be at peace with those who've harmed us. Give them what they need and give them what they need. In a humble and loving way, looking to Jesus, because unless we look, Jesus is not our example. Jesus is our power to be able to do this.